Bearcat Bounce Podcast. And the we are back for at it again. Aaron Man. Smith, how are we? Got a new job this week. Time oh, stamping for everybody. You're oh, welcome. Wow. That's the job? That's the job. That's that's fun. You get to re-listen it, to the it, entire it, If it's so fun, you want the job, Brent? You know what? I've got about 10 others, so I will pass on that one. Yeah, that's uh, what I thought. So, but, but still, you get to re-listen. You get to hear our beautiful voices. No, I'll get it in the first go-around. Don't you worry about that. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. But the first time stamp you got to make, because obviously we're going to touch on basketball. This is March, March Madness. I'm not going to do the, the March Madness intro song on this one again, but it is still that time of the year. So we're going to get fully into that. Also, we're going to be touching on the mailbag because, of course, the BCJ group, everyone, all the members, everyone involved has really gotten heavily involved with the mailbag. And that is always a fun segment. But this is a biweekly treatment. This is the what happened last week was last week, but this is a new week and it is the greatest week because yet again, we welcome back on Brady Collins, the man, the myth, the legend, good friend of the show. Back at it again. Brady, how are we? Doing great, boys. How are we doing? Doing well. Doing well. I, you know, I, I think we got to dive right into it, Brady. I'm not even gonna gonna shy away from it because you just have to explain to me just just a little inkling. You don't have to go full in depth. You know, I see Chris Scott tweet. I see numerous other people tweet on the team. They say they want to talk to someone who came up with Hell Week and Matt drills. They just want to have a conversation with them. What was going through their minds? So I, I got to ask you, Brady, what? What is Hell Week? What what are these mat drills that the players are talking about? Well, first off, the saying Hell Week, that's that's been self-diagnosed from players because we don't call that. It's <laughs> uh, you know, again, just every year you reevaluate your team. Um, you know, you kind of do a little SWAT analysis, you see your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities, your threats, all those things. And uh, the biggest thing that we do here is we, we don't ever want to do everything the same. So, you know, again, we're very fortunate. We got a lot of older guys back, a lot of guys that have played a lot of ball. Um, and, you know, our genuine routine has always been, you know, in the month of February, every Wednesday, you had a mat drill. And, you know, coach and I, we sat down and we kind of evaluated everything. And we said, all right, you know, let's, let's mix it up. Let's do some different stuff here. So we had, you know, a good block of just training and conditioning, you know, running and, just really focusing on fine tuning some things, individual needs and all that stuff. And then we kind of set it up for, you know, a special week where, yeah, it's going to be mat drills and, you know, maybe a little flavor of kind of what got us to where we're at now. And if I'm a young guy and I've never really experienced those things before, well, I'm going to get a little flavor of it because, you know, it's kind of one of those testaments, we call it the legacy, which is, uh, you know, something that has been bestowed upon one is, uh, you know, there's a reason why we are where we are. Yes, we recruit really well. Yes, we have great coaches. Yes, we play really well. But it's kind of back to all of our training. It's our edge and uh, kind of what separates us from, you know, a lot of people in this country. And uh, so there was a it was a fun week. Um, it was very challenging, especially if you're a young guy. But um, needless to say, everybody attacked it really well. Um, you know, we had great attitudes, great work ethics. Um, great competition and uh, just kind of evolved every day from Monday to Thursday. And then 
Friday had a great lift and uh, yeah, it was fun. Can, can you tell us what a mat drill is or is that, is that under wraps? I mean, a little bit of it's under wraps. It's kind of very special to us. Um, you know, mat drills can be um, copy and pasted and, you know, try to be replicated from one place to the other, but they gotta, they gotta be unique and they gotta be, you know, kind of, kind of fine tuned to who, who you are as a program and what your culture is all about. And for us, you know, it, it has nothing to do about football. Like, you know, it, it really doesn't, it doesn't, it's not going to dictate whether I'm a starting, you know, D end or a backup, or if I'm a special teams player or all that. So, I mean, it, it has nothing to do with that. All it is, is it's a challenge of your heart and your mind. You know, how far are you willing to go mentally? Um, how much are you willing to give? not just for yourself, but for the brotherhood of the team. And, uh, you know, so it's a, it's a fun, fun, crazy day or week like this year presented it for us. But uh, it's, uh, it's definitely something that, uh, you know, a lot of people can't withstand. Okay. Yeah. You say hell week and I immediately go back to college when I was rushing a fraternity and uh, that just doesn't bring back great memories. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure that would be a little bit different. Um, I mean, we didn't haze. That's what we have to legally say, right? <laughs> and again, we we didn't give it that term. You know, I think the players kind of they just kind of, you know, self-diagnosed it, which is, uh, you know, in, in a twisted way, kind of cool because, um, you know, our culture, our, our guys in that locker room, they are pretty, pretty unique and uh, kind of self-diagnosed that it was it was pretty cool. And, and to clarify, it is kind of the weak leading up to spring football, right? Spring football doesn't start this week, but uh, whenever the date is finalized, it is starting soon. Yes. Quote, unquote, hell week is like the end of the winter period, right? Uh, yes and no. You know, it was just kind of like, uh, you know, like I said, coach, coach and I sat down, we kind of evaluated everything and, you know, wanted to have a great little block of just training and ramping it up and then have a special week where, you know, we just reminded everybody within the program, you know, hey, this is how we got where we're at. This is why we are who we are. And this is kind of what separates us from everybody else. And, you know, we, we know what we have coming up on the schedule, whether it's spring ball and this and that, and then, you know, a little break, and then we come back for summer. And, you know, there's a, the, be the best thing I could say is uh, my man Trey Tucker had a little tweet and it was kind of cool to see because, you know, it's kind of coach speak, but he tweeted, there's always a rhyme to the reason or a method to the madness. And, uh, you know, it's kind of cool when your players are saying that and living that because it, it is, it's a, it's a method to the madness. It, it doesn't have to make perfect sense. You know, we could have done it right away in the beginning of the off season. We could have done it at the very end. We could have done it in the middle. We could have done it like we've always done, which is just, you know, one day every week in the month of February, but, we like to keep everybody on their toes, just like the game of football. And it was, uh, it was a great week. Now we're, you know, fine tuning some things and getting ready to go uh, practice for uh, spring. So you can't talk about mat drills, but can you tell us about trash ball? Trash, trash ball. That's a special, special thing. Um, again, it's a, uh, it's a very, you know, uh, special thing to our program. It's nothing too crazy, but, Let's just say it's probably one of the most competitive things I've ever seen young men do. Um, we split them up into teams. And, uh, yeah, I mean, 
pretty much if you can remember the American Gladiators, uh, trying to remember the the name of it, but it's pretty much very similar to that. Where, where they have to uh, try and dunk the ball into the hoop on the ground. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. pretty much. And they're on teams, and you know, it's uh, it's kind of like ultimate frisbee meets uh, rugby. Meet, I mean, it's I not think- like they're back. They're not tackling people, but it's uh, it's a unique little fun game that's you know high pace, high competitive, and uh, yeah, it's fun. I think I think Real World Road Rules Challenge did something very similar to that in like the Inferno or something way back in the day. They might have. They might have. CT was probably on that because he's yep. on every challenge. Yep. Brady, did you see the uh, the the video that went viral this week? That, that there's a new sport that's kind of a hybrid of rugby, wrestling, and basketball. And what would they call that? I don't know what it was called. I'll find the clip and send it to you. Eastern I think European. It would be, yeah, I think it would be right up your alley. I'm all about it. Send it to me. It's, they were it's in, hilarious they were, to watch. They were hilarious. in wrestling singlets. The ball yep. was would look like a rugby ball. And you had to flip it around like rugby and guys were hitting each other and you had to get it into a basket. It sounds, sounds like a, it, it, sounds, it sounds, yeah, it sounds like your speed. <laughs> but it, was, it was played on a basketball court. Yeah. When even he better. got flattened when he went up for a layup, it's horrible. Even better. Yeah, even better. I, I saw Coach Scruggs was, uh, was on Team Slat. Did you, did you get, the, uh, get the staff involved with this or is this, or was he just kind of in the picture? Absolutely. I mean, you know, when we split up the teams, you always put a coach uh, with the leader of the team. So obviously, you know, Maje was uh, the leader of his team. And, uh, you know, so you kind of put the coach that's with that guy as the leader for the coach. And no doubt, I mean, we encourage our coaches to be just as involved as our players because, you know, they want to see that. And uh, yeah, Coach Scruggs represented very well. Kind of going on the same path. Uh, your dudes of the week came out. You just posted that. Yeah. Uh, one of them was a player that on the BCJ board is, is brought up time and time again, uh, transferred from Ohio state, highly rated recruit coming out of high school. Seems as if he's had a bit of a, you know, an injury bug here with the Bearcats, but blue Smith, he was on your list for dudes of the week. Just talk about his progression, kind of what you've been seeing in him this off season. Yeah, I mean, Blue, Blue's had a great offseason. Um, kept his head down, mouth shut, kind of just, you know, a little blue-collar work ethic to him. And, uh, you know, nothing against him, but he has. He's always kind of had a little injury bug to him. You know, when he got to us from Ohio State, he had some nagging in, injuries and all that stuff. And, um, you know, 2019, um, played special teams and did some other things for us, but was never really able to crack that, you know, main lineup and, you know, could be due to just playbook and, you know, effort and all that kind of stuff. But uh, no doubt, I mean, you know, he's healthy. He's feeling good. He's doing really well. Um, you know, I, I just, like I keep telling him, man, I mean, you, you keep your mindset and your work ethic going. We'll do our best. We'll keep you healthy. I mean, let's roll. So um, always want to reward the guys that are doing extremely well. And again, proud of him, proud of his, uh, you know, accomplishments and the, the things he's had to overcome in his short time here, but um, we're looking for big things from him. Kind of like with what you were doing with the, you know, the, the hell week, I know they dubbed it that the players did, but can you sense it? Obviously there's been a lot of success recently among the program. 
can you sense there's still a chip on the shoulders of, of a lot of the players or you know, is did you kind of need to bring that that full week of bringing them back to basics like you said or was it is, is it still there are they really feeling like you know kind of that underdog mentality wanting to be the top dog feel that there was of, of prior seasons yeah I think that's uh, again kind of like one of our special you know niches to our to our program to our culture to the guys within the locker room you know yes we've won a lot of games here the past three years and you know won the championship and went to the peach bowl and all that stuff but there's always something we can hang our hat on to find something to motivate us yes we didn't close out the game against georgia okay well yeah that's a chip on our shoulder yes there's always going to be people that are going to doubt us individually and as a team offense defense whatever as a whole so you know, the, the fun thing for us as a, as a staff and as an entire program is, you know, finding unique ways to motivate and push and, you know, cultivate our program to not be complacent, right? Because it is so easy to be a highly, you know, recruited young guy and you come into this program and, you know, you again, hey, this is this and that and that. No, 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 no. Like you got to understand the things that the Joel DeBlanco's, the, you know, Curtis Brooks is the, uh, Kobe Bryant's all these guys have been through to get here. Like it, it's not easy. And, uh, so it, it has, it is, it's, uh, it's always a challenge, but it's, you know, it's kind of one of those things that isn't maybe as hard because I think individually and just as a whole, our whole program has a chip on their shoulder every single day. And, you know, that's kind of the way I was raised and the way I live. And I know that's for sure the way coach Vic is, and it kind of just breeds throughout the whole entire program. So, I know there was potentially a commitment this week, and uh, one of the things I read up, <laughs> one of the things that I read up on um, was uh, in some of the, his comments were that uh, he commented on how Coach Fickle was highly involved in um, you know his recruitment, and I didn't know if you have any involvement in you know the recruitment of some of these kids and how involved you are uh, in the actual recruitment. Yeah, I mean, again. Our coaching staff does an unbelievable job with all of our recruiting, um, you know, and again, very few places that I've been around where you see the head coach that's just as involved. I mean, it's very rare and uh, it's a testament to, you know, just who we are. We're not about just recruiting. We're about building real and honest relationships because, you know, that's what we hang our hat on. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm involved in it, you know, uh, I get down, you know, one-on-one -on -one meetings or whatever it takes to, you know, kind of just get to know people and let them know what we're all about and all that stuff. But um, anybody that, you know, decides to make that commitment to come join our program, they're making a selfish commitment, not only individually, but, you know, to the whole entire team, because, you know, they know what they're coming into a, a great program that's on the rise. That's, you know, climbing new heights every single year and, you know, like we just talked about, that's going to have a chip on their shoulder to always kind of have a little edge to them. Kind of with that, you talk about, you know, building players up to where they are. Desmond Ritter, we just saw this past weekend, was was working out with Jordan Palmer. Uh, everyone knows when you hear that, that's, that's big time, NFL potential, this, that, and the other. Is that something that you guys try and pump and get these guys in, in front of, you know, the uh, scouts and in front of, certain workouts that can kind of promote them during the off season, like Des had with Jordan Palmer last weekend. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know, you know, as far as how much you pump it out, but, you know, we're always looking for things that are going to make our guys better. 
And, you know, that's just a different little twist, a little, you know, um, added, you know, tools to the toolbox for Des to go out there and, you know, learn some new things and all that stuff. And then, you know, selfishly, he can bring some stuff back and maybe teach me a few things, teach uh, our coaches some things here and there. But uh, no, I mean, we love it. Um, you know, again, coach always preaches individual success is based on the team. I mean, we know the quarterback is always going to have the spotlight on him. And Des is a is an unbelievable young man. But, um, you know, we, we promote any of that kind of stuff. I mean, we always have, you know, kickers and punters that are always going to do some certain types of things here and there. But, uh, yeah, it was a, it's a really good opportunity for him. And uh, we're happy he got to go out there and, you know, learn some new things and uh, continue to enhance it. It is what he does for our program. Do you know how many of the guys currently are involved in outside camps like that? Uh, no, I mean, it's not, it's not like it's that like wide, wide, uh, spread or known or anything like that. Um, you know, the QB things very similar or very, you know, tight knit. Um, you know, I know there's the Manning Academy that happens every summer. Um, you know, the kickers and specialists, they have something that they might do every summer and stuff like that. But, um, as far as that, there's nothing really too much that happens all the time that, you know, is something that can really, you know, pump out or individualize someone. So, but we love it. Speaking of individualizing Brady, this is going to be you talking about yourself a little bit, you pumping up uh, some, some certain older players that uh, not older players, but older past players, if you will. One of the questions in our mailbag last week that we kind of thought you could have done a good job helping us answer. I stood on the Brady Collins Hill. Yes, you did. <laughs> Would be, which current coaches at their position, as a position coach, do you think could go out and play right now and perform at the highest level, if you will, out of the position coaches for their position? Coach Scruggs, 100%. Uh, yes. That was 100%. my number one. I would go Coach Scruggs, number one, and then we'll go Coach Brown, number two. That was my number two. Yeah. My number three was... Gino Gadulli. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I put you at Mike Allstop fullback. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. Nailed it. Absolutely. And then we said, and then we said Coach Fick could still beat anyone in a wrestling match. Yes, he could. 100%. 100%. So we were par for the course there. Um, so as things are kind of kind of winding down for this, you know, heading into spring ball. Kind of any players that have you you have felt has kind of taken that next step and ready to kind of go out and show what they can have in spring ball practice and kind of you know really either crack a rotation or become a leader for the team or special teams or you know what that be anyone that in particular you've kind of seen recent weeks that has just kind of been like oh wow he's gonna go out and show everyone he can do here in spring ball. Uh, I mean you know the the usual names obviously stand out guys have done an unbelievable job continuing to enhance what, the, what it is that they're doing. But uh, I think a, a part of me is just kind of, you know, selfishly going to give a, a, a shout out to the young guys just mm -hmm. because the older guys have really set the tone and have really impacted them and brought them along throughout the culture, through the way we train, all those kinds of things. Um, you know, the three amigos stand out, the Deshaun Pace, Jaheim Thomas, Dave Jones, mm -hmm. uh, you know, guys that have, older guys in front of them that have played a lot of ball and uh, have just, you know, committed themselves in the weight room in the off season to bettering themselves and, 
you know, getting better in the film room and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, the whiteout room is going to be, you know, really, really good. I mean, you got a lot of guys returning. You got a lot of guys that are, you know, coming back from an injury like a Blue Smith. Um, you know, you got young guys that are making names for themselves, even like a Will Pauling who just got here. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited about to see, uh, you know, how the O-line shuffle takes over. I mean, you got a lot of guys that have played a lot of ball and, you know, just finding your best five, you know, see who fits in where. I mean, asking guys to play and learn multiple positions, which is, you know, only going to make them better. Um, you know, the running back room is loaded, which it always has been. Tight end room is loaded. Um, you know, a guy I'm really proud of. I mean, obviously – Josh Wiley's had a great offseason, but, you know, Lenny Taylor right there behind him have a great offseason. Um, so it's kind of hard to pinpoint just exactly who, but, you know, I'm just, I'm excited for everybody. Um, you know, again, selfishly, you see these kids put in so much work day in and day out and to finally put on the pads and to put on the jersey and, you know, go, go play the game that they love. Um, it's rewarding. So, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you know, obviously a big uh, spotlight on the, on the Aussie, the, the rake, Nate the rake. who's, uh, you know, he's added like 30 pounds to his frame. He's starting Keep to adding, huh? <laughs> he's got that stuck. You can only go up. You can only go up. Yeah. Has people, the rake stuck? Are people calling rake? him the rake? N no, that has not stuck. And, uh, <laughs> <damn it. laughs> he, uh, yeah, that that definitely. I don't know. It, it might have been said to him once, but it definitely hasn't stuck. Um, he's pretty much just the Aussie or mate we call him, but uh, he's doing extremely well. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's I'm I'm excited for all these guys. I mean, again, you don't want to pinpoint anybody, but you know, Kobe Bryant's looking unbelievable. And you know, again, we're so lucky that he came back for another year. Arquan Bush. Ahmad Gardner's the biggest he's ever been, the strongest he's ever been, the fastest he's ever been, you know. Um, it, it, it is. It's kind of like, you know, I could be so biased, but I love I love our guys. I love them. One of the poll questions we asked uh, our listeners last week, um, and this has to do with basketball, actually, not, not football, but uh, do you prefer bear kids or baby bear cats for these uh, freshmen and sophomores coming up and making names for themselves. <laughs> I don't know about all that stuff. Um, we, we've, we've termed some of the freshmen sometimes like their first couple of weeks, we call them bear kittens. We'll call them that. Um, but uh, as far as that, no, nah, I mean, once, once you've committed to us, you're a bear cat and uh, you know, you're going to learn the ways you're going to, you're going to live it. You're going to walk it. You're going to talk it. And uh you know, again, testament to the guys within the locker room because it's not easy being a Bearcat. It's not easy being a football player here. And uh, it takes a special breed. And, um, you know, really proud of our guys within that locker room to kind of push the way and lead the way for. How excited. Go ahead, Chad. How excited are you once we get to spring football? Oh, Do you get I'm to so get the get back out there and kind of watch things from field view and, and see how the weight room stuff progressed. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, we were fortunate. We had a, you know, a combine testing day. Um, what was it? Two weeks ago. And uh, you know, again, not, not to toot any horn, but yes, everybody improved. Everybody was faster, all that stuff. 
again, it's not rocket science. Like I tell recruits all the time, do you know the number one way to get faster? You get stronger. Like it's, it's, it's not that it's not like some start. It's not some fancy technique. You get stronger. Speed is forced into the ground. It's mass, right? So it's been really cool to see that, you know, cause again, you make that a fun day, you know, music's on guys are having fun and, you know, they're getting better in every drill that they're doing, but uh, no doubt. I mean, again, like I said, these kids love playing football. It's all, all that they talk about, you know, inside the weight room, outside the weight room. Um, so no doubt for us as a strength staff, as an entire program, when you finally get out there on that field and see the kids running around, it's the best because they got huge smiles on their face. Um, you see the jerseys, it kind of puts it all into perspective and you kind of know that, all right, yeah, it's, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. So, but uh, it is, it's the best. It's the most rewarding for us because like I said, kids work so hard and you just want to see them go have fun and play the game they love. You said the rake has been adding some weight. So a couple <laughs> weeks ago, Meals Pizza, were you able to have some? How many pieces for you? What <laughs> toppings? And did you see how many pieces the rake took down? Take it away. I didn't visually see how many the rake took down, um, but I know he was present. And I know he ate very well. <laughs> uh, yeah, Coach and I, you know, we took a little walk over there, and that was awesome. Very, uh, very thankful to the people over there at Mio's and everybody that helped put that together. Um, it was just really cool to have our guys, you know, get out and get a little local establishment in their bellies. But uh, I did. I indulged in some pizza and I had some of their delicious salad. And uh, can't quite so you remember. Were, What's that? You, you were the one that ate the salad. I was told there was a lot of leftover salad. Coach Vic and I, we ate a lot of salad. We're, you know, we're big salad guys. Um, there was no leftover pizza. There was a lot of leftover salad. And that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> we, we don't need all that pizza. We're good. So you had 10 pieces of pizza is what you're trying to say. <laughs> like I said, I'm not a big pizza guy. I know. You're the taco man. That's right. If we revert back to the old you know, podcast here, I, I'm a very loyal to my hometown, uh, neighborly owned family pizza shop. But, uh, but Mio's makes a heck of a pizza. Mio's is delicious. Delicious, delicious. <laughs> that so was what? all. That was all in accordance with the crosstown tip-off. Yes. Uh, yeah. I was. I was asked by Kelly that owns Mio's what we could do to give back uh, in support of uh, the crosstown tip-off, and I suggested to throw a pizza party for the football team. Uh, I don't think she anticipated the amount of pizza that 105 <laughs> growing young men could eat. Because when she first gave me the number of the number of pizzas, she thought that it was going to take to feed the football team. I chuckled. I said, you double, you double it. It, it no. was almost double. She, she thought 40 could get it done. No, no, no. And it was, it was, it was, it was in the 70 range of what it took. They did, they did an unbelievable job. And again, you know, shout out to you and everybody that participated in that. Um, that was really cool. It was fun. Yeah. Again, anything to give back to the community to promote, you know, stuff for the program for UC in general, it's what we're all about. So that was, it was awesome. And big shout out to the, to the people over there at Mio's. It was, it was awesome. And no doubt we're going to be back. 
Did you ask Tuesday after the podcast, like, are we having a pizza party tomorrow? <laughs> no, I mean, I kind of maybe had an inkling. Oh, uh, so you played dumb on the podcast. He did. Yeah, party. You know, Keeps yeah. everything close to the vest. You know, like to keep people guessing. <laughs> <laughs> the problem was I set it up. I wasn't guessing. I know. <laughs> but it was a surprise pizza party. You're not yes. going to ruin the surprise. You were, you were, you were protecting the team in case anybody listened to the podcast. Absolutely, absolutely. I know, I know how much they love venturing out onto the websites and all that stuff. So you know, I wanted to keep it close knit, just kind of like you know, if we had a special theme left coming up. Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disperse those information. Is it the Joe Exotic lift coming up? <laughs> Bless his heart. I don't even know. That would be great. That would be great. <laughs> you guys got anything else? Uh, no. I'll, I'll call here. you after the pod again, Brady. We'll spend that <laughs> extra hour together. So excited for that. Uh, but, yeah, I'm good. Anything, Aaron? Spring ball's coming, boys. You'll have Can't more wait. to talk. Are you, are you going to continue through spring ball? Hey, I will, I will be at your beck and call, my friend. Good I mean, baby. here's the thing. You're going to have to tell us to stop because <laughs> we'll have you on in the middle of damn October. If you're going to, if you're willing to turn on the zoo. Accurate. Let's see. Mondays in October. Yeah. I mean, I could do that. Absolutely. <laughs> Whatever. You can start takes. doing like, like zoom games and stuff like that. Like little Pictionary or something. We'll, we'll, we'll throw out the video for them. I think that'll be fun. Of course. I'll Is hold it? an iPad. You're not allowed to have an iPad. I'll hold an iPad on the sidelines and aim it at you. There you go. And we'll get you some AirPods. <laughs> but do we and get to get can... our do we get to get our faces on like the defensive boards that they're holding up with the pictures and stuff? No, <laughs> nobody likes you like that. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> you, know, you don't want you don't want to hear some of the things I'm saying during the game. So it's all good. Let's keep it muted. <laughs> <laughs> all right, coach. Thanks, man. We'll talk in two weeks. All right, sounds good, guys. Take care, man. All right, thanks, Brady. See you guys. Yet again, Brady Collins, the man, the myth, the legend. You know, I I think the main thing you take away from that, obviously, guy, is the team is looking great. The team is continuing to improve. Great. Yes, when you when you have uh, see. My, my question about the chip on the shoulder still is kind of it's, – it's something that's real. You know, you see teams that kind of get ahead of themselves and think that they are better than they are, but the fact that they still practice every day, they bring it every day with that extra chip on the shoulder. You know, you saw a tweet today from Kobe Bryant saying, you know, how they were mentioning the, the top, top ten returning players at each position group. Cornerbacks had Sauce Gardner listed second. Kobe Bryant was not there. Kobe Bryant's – comment was bet so you know just just those added chips on shoulders for players it's only going to pay monster dividends when the season comes around i just like that brady agreed with me about mike allstott <laughs> just saying i mean uh, have you also, seen mike allstott recently no there's, there's a picture on twitter of him look it up he he is like looking skinny oh, but no. just just like a tank just like a like a skinny tank, and it's uh, it's very impressive to see young Mike Allstott, who is now old, 
<laughs> did you did you look him up after our conversation last week? No, 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 no. He he surprisingly actually just popped up on my Twitter timeline like maybe two or three days ago. Our phones are always listening, man. Always, always. It's incredible. But no, I I mean it's it's good to hear. Kind of you know, Blue Smith is a player that gets brought up all the time on the BCJ boards all the time. You know, I, you mentioned him a couple times. It's just good to hear players are able to get healthy and then still working their hardest to try and crack rotations, crack any way they can to help a team, you know, even a player of the highest team coming out of high school that Blue Smith had. So, well, I mean, how much was that guy talked about coming out of even coming from Ohio state transferring here? So of course we'd like to see him get on the field and see what he's capable of. I mean, he was, he was a four-star when Ohio state was recruiting him, if I'm not mistaken. Now, yeah. of, of course, of course, anytime anybody transfers to UC after being a four-star somewhere, <clears throat> Juwan Briggs, uh, they're automatically just they lose like 15 points or something wild. So it's yeah. it's so weird. So I don't know. Yeah, I, you know, two four seven sports just recently put out something about the, uh, or or no, it, I believe it was two, it was a uh, Pro Football Focus just put out the top 30 transfers that they want to you know see, and yeah. they they mentioned Juwan Briggs in their opening little bit, and then you open the story, and Juwan Briggs is number 30. And it's like shocker. Okay, well, thanks for the mention there, but he's sitting there number thirty. But they they consider him a breakout candidate. They consider him at thirty. Yeah, at number thirty. But he he's someone that needs to do more than just bull rush. But I mean, that's going to be a a monster piece in the middle of this defense this upcoming season. Still excited to see what they got in that guy. I mean, your top top one hundred. We we talked about top one hundred recruits. Who would who would be committing first? Basketball or football? I, I mean, Aaron, you might, you might be onto something. You've been, you've been kind of saying things that end up somehow happening. So, I don't know how you throw Nostradamus in with my name, but Smith Nostradamus. I don't know. Yeah, yeah Nostradamus. Like Smith. <laughs> well, speaking of Smith Nostradamus, let's let's move on to basketball. And I want you to uh, break down your 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 thoughts first off of the the. 78-64 loss to the Vanderbilt Commodores. Unless you have anything less on football, because we could we could continue on football the entire time. <laughs> I don't. I was just trying to make notes here for the timestamp, trying to make sure that I got everything in order for, for the people who, who need that in their lives. Okay. Say say a five minute break and then timestamp. I think it was roughly it was, it was it was roughly four, but I, I'm keeping I'm keeping track of it on my uh my timer here on my phone so every uh every new segment is a lap if you will so that's where we're at but uh so speaking of vanderbilt um of course it was a a disheartening loss and again i think chad mentioned it in his brendel bites you know it's been a roller coaster of a season which has been just highlighted here as of late by the way that we won at tulane or, or against tulane the way that we lost with Vanderbilt, the way that we hung in there with Memphis, not in that order, mixed those up, and then closed it out here uh, at ECU. It's it's been absolutely insane, and you know you let a guy of Scottie Pippen's caliber. We knew Scottie Pippen was good coming in. Dude was averaging over twenty points. That's not an accident. Um, <laughs> people on Twitter, people on the boards are saying, you know, how do you leave him that wide open? Well, they weren't leaving him that wide open. They gave him two, not one, but two four point plays. Uh, and a lot of that was just jumping up and then watching to see if the ball went in and just not 
paying attention to body placement really, but he was. So I don't know. I don't know what they could have really done much better in that game. Um, there's just, they look tired to be completely honest with you. Um, and of course, you know, as we found out in the second half there about, I don't know, um, some people found out earlier than others, but people were asking more or less the entire second half where Mike Saunders was and he was hobbling on crutches. Um, so, you know, they were playing down another player. So here we were with, you know, two scholarship players on your bench. Uh, for most of the game, they were Chris Vogt and uh, Mamadou. And so it was, it was a rough game, really. Uh, I'm not, I know a lot of people have accused me of being a uh, John Brandon apologist. I'm just here to say it's been a wacky, wacky season. And I don't, I don't know what else to say outside of that. Yeah. I, I mean, Ice Mike was left the entire second half icing his ankle, if you will. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, you look at, at Tar Eason, foul trouble again, six turnovers. And then you also add in Mason Madsen, one of eleven from the field. The, the 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 youth movement that we were mentioning, the young freshmen that were we were so excited about talking about how they were, you know, setting different records for you know in recent Cincinnati memory for points scored for each one of them, this that and the other, kind of was was put to the side for this one game, and you know that just mentions again, you know, John Brandon mentioned it in the post game press conference. These are freshmen. They're going to have freshman moments. And sadly, all three of it happened at once. One was an injury that is outside of, of Mikey Saunders' control. One was just another tough game for Tari. And then one was one of 11 from the field for Mason. I mean, that's about it. Uh, you know, Vanderbilt is a team that will chuck threes until they cannot miss them anymore. And they started falling. Scotty Pippen Jr. show. He made everything. I mean, yeah, he- career high in points. I it, it was a it was a tough game to watch. And you know, like you said, it kind of seemed as if by the end of the game, you know, the the legs were not underneath him. Micah played every minute of the game. In the second half, it was Micah, Mason, and Keith played all twenty minutes of the second half. Micah played every yeah. minute of the game against CCU as well. Yeah, it's 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 just a crazy situation. Now he had one break. Did he? Yeah, one played thirty-eight. One one mini break. But still, <laughs> you know, thirty-eight. He got he got to breathe for two minutes and then right back back at it. Get back out there. Just kid. that's that's seventy-eight minutes in two games. Yeah, that's some Sean Kilpatrick numbers, man. <laughs> and it's Micah. You know what I mean? Like, not remember, that, remember that? Remember that? That SK senior year, Brent? Where? Yes. The minute they took SK off the floor, everything just completely went to shit. There was nothing that could happen. <laughs> I remember some of the lineups, you'd look at it, and it'd be like Dave Dar sucked down low, Troy Copain trying to do something his freshman year, Jelon Gwynn on the other side. It's like, okay. What's, I haven't heard that name in a long time. What's going on here? Jermaine yeah, Sanders fires up a three as the shot clock expires. SK would get like, they would take him out of the 13-minute mark of each half. And then put him right back in at the under twelve stop, and that would be his the, his break for the game. And I feel like if it went too far underneath that under twelve, Mick would take a time out. Yeah, yeah, you got to get him back in. And by too far, you mean eleven thirty? Right, right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But you know, I mean, eighteen turnovers stinks. 
24 points off those 18 turnovers. Stinks even worse. Out-rebounded by nine by a team that's not very good. Stinks. It just seems as if, kind of like that Houston game, the team had a bad game, and they did not look very good. You flip it over, and now Sunday comes. ECU. Aaron. Second half of ECU. I saw some showtime out of this team. Boy, oh, boy. What was your favorite dunk of the game? Because I've been waiting to ask you this since the game. Was it the Madsen Tatari alley oop? There was another alley oop. I can't remember who dished it. Tatari. Yeah. Um, and then there was the Micah Tatari, I believe. There was the. I think you're right. And, uh, and, and there was and the answer is Davenport. Davenport yeah. with the tomahawk was by far my fi- like just the move he made to create a fast break on he was he, he numbers were against him. He was there were two defenders back there and he cut through both of them, just bah, threw it down. It was ah, uh, that was so good. He he took off from outside of the restricted area. Yeah. I mean, and, and he I didn't he, know he could fly like that. Well, of course, he will tell you that he is the best dunker in his family. I think there's uh some some stipulations on that on either side, but still I you know it's it's the more I watch of Jeremiah Davenport, the more I just sit back and say, you know what, if if he gets a handle, if he develops a handle, improves on his rebounding a little bit, and his shooting continues to improve, I, I mean. He's he's not afraid to go coast to coast on you, though. He's done it several no. times this season. Yeah, and he's making his free throws. He's, he's doing a lot of things that I simply did not expect. You know, we kind of touched on him last week, obviously. I mean, you look at the game today on Sunday. He's developing into a star. When it's, you have, I told, I told you last week, it's time that we stop calling him the spark plug and calling him the heartbeat. Yeah, and yes, it was against ECU again. Sure, ECU had won one game in their last nine coming into Sunday. Their one win happened to be against Houston, which is just absolutely mind-boggling. But still, Houston lost they, though at ECU. Yes. Yeah, that was that was ECU's one win in the past nine games heading into Sunday. But it was in East Carolina. It was in ECU, yeah. At, which is where we've struggled. At, at, in Greenville, yes. And the actually the 82 to 69 victory, the 13 point win, was the highest margin of victory at Greenville since the beginning of the AAC. So we're talking, you know, those those MIC teams with, you know, Jacob Evans and Gary Clark and you know Kyle Washington. You just go up and down. Every single team from the beginning of the AAC up until now has not come away with a 13-point win in Greenville. Whether that says something about Greenville or whether that says something about this Bearcat team, I, I don't know. But still, it is a tough place to win, and they looked great in the second half. I call it the Valley of Death for a reason. Yeah. I was going to bring it up if you didn't. The cemetery, but also you, you look at that second half. I keep on wanting to talk about it. Chris Boat had a little stretch where he looked aggressive and aggressive. Chris Boat is good. Chris Boat. And then you saw the, the Tari Mason, Micah and Keith mixture with JD as well. Kind of, kind of had that go-to, but another story to have to talk about is the Mason Madsen coming out party. I, he goes one of 11 against Vanderbilt. No fear comes out and just splashes. He is he looked fantastic on Sunday. 
while his haircut kind of has some Chris Mullen vibes to it, and his black shoes and white socks just scream, I'm about to mow my lawn. Um, outside of outside of his style, uh, the guy has facial expressions for days. Good Lord. Watching him play, especially when he does something that either like he knows coach didn't want him to do, like some of those way far back threes when the hoop is like seven feet wide and he's just splashing. Uh, or whether it's, you know, throwing Tari Eason, that alley-oop, and, like, just super happy that he got that highlight and knowing that he's going to make the highlight reel with that. <laughs> or even the the foul or the makeup foul where he just shrugged in, uh, you know, that game against, I think it was Temple. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the guy has facial expressions for days, and he cracks me up. But it was good to see him actually, like, not just hit the the – the gifts with the the facial expressions, but also hit the the stat line all the way across the board. Yeah. I, I mean, 19 points, five of nine from three, you know, two of two from the line. And if there's two percentages that kind of, they, they check out no matter what level of basketball you're playing, no matter what level of team you're playing, it, it would be three point percentage and free throw percentage. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he, of course, only two for two from the line, but still five for nine after you go how, how poorly he shot against Vanderbilt. That's just the, the proof that Mason is simply a really, really good shooter. One that I, I'm going to pose two questions to you before we move on. Cause I'm going to talk about Tari Eason as well, but with Mason, he right now he's shooting 35.4%. If you remove the Vandy game, which I'm not going to, it's, right around 41%, but still 35.4%. There have been only three freshmen in the past 10 years. That's a trivia question you're going to give me? No, only only three Bearcat players in the past 10 years that in their freshman year, they shot better than 35.4%. Would you happen to have any idea who they were? So it is a trivia question, man. Past 10 years, it's not that hard. Freshmen that have hit better at three than him. Um, man, um, I'm going to go with, I don't think, I don't know. I'm trying so, to think just quick off the top of my head. I can't rip anybody off real quick. And it's not Jacob Evans. He was 33.3%. It's not Troy Copain. 328 SK, who was a redshirt freshman, so I don't know if you want to add that in. That's an asterisk. Was the highest at 37.7%. Jaron was 35.5%, so literally just right there. Just made it, yeah. And then Micah Adams-Woods shot Man. 37.3% last year from long range. I wanted to say him, but I thought that was too much recency bias. So – you're looking at a Mason Madsen player who obviously was out for the beginning of the year mm-hmm. and, and kind of is really just introducing himself onto the scene right now. I mean, him scoring 19 points now boosts this freshman trio. I mean, obviously it's a different situation like we mentioned last, last week, but this is a freshman trio that is scoring at a high clip greater than anyone really in, in recent history that I can remember for a freshman class obviously different situations for different teams, but I mean, 2019 and 19 
out of three different freshmen in the last three games is something to really look at and, and, and kind of highlight, to be honest. Well, in a failed season, I mean, this team really, with all the opt-outs, with what they've gone through with COVID, with the losses piling up the way they did early on, this team very easily could have just given up at any point in time. And I think a lot of fans, unfortunately, did give up on this team. And instead, we've seen them, while I know it's been against Tulane and ECU, uh, but, you know, again, we fought back against Memphis and kept it in until the final minute of the game. Yes, we got blown out by a sixth nationally ranked Houston. Sixth. You know, that's not something to be lost on anybody. But it's, you know, this team never gave up. They continue to fight. And all I've asked the whole season, really, once the losses did start piling up early on, is just that we saw some growth out of this team, that we saw them, you know, we wanted to know from Coach John Brandon, what's the identity of this team? And he continued to insist it was 94 feet. We want to play both sides. And we've actually seen this team doing that here as of the last several games. So, you know, it's it's been a maturation process for a lot of the players on this team. It's been a patience process for a lot of the fans on this team. But I think we're starting to see some of these things actually start to take place. And I don't think that you can watch a team the way that they've played against the Tulane, the way that they came back and played against Memphis, the way that they finished against ECU going into this tournament. I don't know that how you can't be excited about the future of this team, especially with all the young pieces we have in place. Yeah. And, and one of those is Tari's. And did you happen to see the tweet that I put out with uh, that rebound in the first half, which was an, an awesome rebound that Tari had? He's the best rebounder I've seen on this Bearcat team in I don't know how many years. Like, he just out-jumps the whole gym for rebounds. Trey Scott was pretty good last year. I, I, I think he out-jumps Trey Scott. I'm telling you. He out – he he. it's crazy just for rebounds. Yes. So, Tari Not at this backs, point, but but rebounds. Tari is, is a – he is a freak, athletic freak right now. He is – It's his arms. What's, what's that? It's his arms. Yeah, it's his, his, his wingspan, he, he has a like great it, first bounce. I mean, that, makes that it seems like he jumps like six inches higher because he literally has go-go gadget arms right. when he's in the air for a rebound. Which, which helps him with his blocks and his steals as well, which, yeah. which by the way, I'm getting behind Tari's mom 100% when she is saying block gate because – I remember Tari getting three blocks in a one-minute span, yet the official stat board only shows one block in well, the game. And that's not even bringing up the 10 personal fouls when he went to the free throw line for a one-and-one. One. Yeah. Yeah, for a one-and-one one when it should have been two. But, you know. Like AAC John Brandon said, gonna... I'm not trying to get fined, so we'll just move on from that. <laughs> AAC ref's going to AAC ref. <laughs> but still, I, you know, Tari Eason, with that length, 73rd in block percentage in the entire country, all of college basketball. There's only six freshmen above him. And three of those are going to be NBA players in Isaiah Jackson, Musa Cisse, and Evan Mobley. He is 72nd in offensive rebound percentage. And he is 87th in steal percentage. That's in all of college basketball. That's, what, 365 teams times 13? You do that math real quick, Aaron. That's, that's a pretty doggone good level to be put on right now for a freshman like Tari Eason. 
Well, and there's plenty of people who have tried to say that he's going pro and that he looks like the most pro ready on this team already. Unfortunately, as fans who watch every single game, we also know that he has a lot of growing up to do on the court. So. Yeah. Yes. The, the offensive side of his game, you know, depending without fouling, but you see the pieces there. You see that. Absolutely. He's, he's going to have a game in the closing of the season. That's really going to kind of, kind of be a key factor to potentially, hopefully a big win. And that would be coming up on Friday. And Aaron, I know you've already called off your new job. You've already told them, Hey, I'm going to be uh thank you for the new job, but come three o'clock on Friday. I'm out. I will not be there. So SMU. And I don't know, Chad and Aaron, if you guys have been on the SMU board or listened to anything that, uh, oh, buddy, has been happening. (laughs) Oh, buddy. All is not well in Ponyland. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Who I had no idea. No, until I went to that board today. I haven't been on on the board. Fill me in here, Brent. Go look at the, the SMU message board on 24 7. They are. That is a fan base that is not happy with the state of things. If if you think that there are some some doubters for John Brandon, there Yikes. are some major 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 doubters for. I, does he have a supporter? I don't. Is think there so. anyone that had his back? Pretty much, they are saying that if this team is going to make a step forward next year, they're not even saying this year. They're saying next year, and they're a bubble team for crying out loud. On Friday, it will be 32 days that they have played a basketball game. 32 days. There's a hell of a conspiracy theory. Well, well, they had COVID in the offseason. Is is what the conspiracy leads to, the fact that in the conspiracy, am am I allowed to say it? Just nod yes or no, Chad. Yeah, I mean, it's a conspiracy theory. Like, we're not. You've prefaced it very well. We're not reporting this. This is SMU message board land. This is this is QAnon, the SMU version. Report, well, wait till you wait till you hear all this, Aaron. It's wild are that there is no buy-in to the point that players are going out. Players are out in public interacting during this shutdown for the team. On purpose. I yes. assume. Yes. And this is a team that has some, some very, very good players. This is a team that's on the bubble. A team there that, is a belief that they have been okay to come back for a while. Yeah, and they, they opted not to play because they didn't want to lose. That's another belief, yes. And that they could have played on this, this past weekend, but they decided they weren't going to and give all efforts going towards the Cincinnati game. And there's still doubts. I think they're going to play. I mean, it is a I home game. doubts among some that the game. No, it's not a home game. Technically, right? Because it's in Dallas, it, yeah. Yeah, but it's at an arena they've never played at. Oh, it's not at it's, SMU's home arena. No, 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 no. Okay. No, Dickie's Arena, which which looks fun. Which which the the, the Lady Bearcats just yeah won out a big that. victory against Memphis today. So congratulations to them. But still, you're you're talking about some doubt that the team even has enough buy-in to the point where there's going to be zero tests heading into Friday. I mean, that is just, that is next level 
the amount of- it's what i was reading that today like what is happening what is going on i wonder you know, how people many openly saying they don't think that they're like oh we're gonna get blown out by cincy oh yep cincy's gonna beat us we have eight players and one has been on crutches in we the don't last know how many week. players they have we don't know how many players we have it's madness aaron no, it's not madness. This is Southern Methodist. It's crazy. It's not. I mean, I I don't I don't believe I know Mikey was was dressed, but he didn't play. So I don't know that there's any indication one way or the other at this point. Well, that- if you see the excitement he had off of that Mason Aliyup to Tari, he looked pretty healthy to me. <laughs> but doesn't mean that you're putting pre- doesn't mean you're putting pressure on a on a quick drive to the hoop on that right. ankle. Right, but. I don't know. So Brent, I couldn't. I couldn't. How long have you been reading that board? Because well, I, 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 I actually it's listened been to going Bill on and for Body's, like five. It's been going on for like five, six days. Yeah. Well, because I listened to Bill and Body's podcast, and I mean, shoot, he lays in to Jankovic, and I mean, that's when you know there's there's some some crazy things yeah. going on. What would you yeah. do as the owner of the website if your website just lost complete control like that? Well, he did. Billy did. Like, Billy. He's one of the Billy, head conspiracy theorists. Billy built the fire, dumped gas on the flame, <laughs> on, the, on, the, on, the, on the mound, and then tossed the match. That's, that's not, you know, we, we've, we've had some things over the years where we have we've maybe – Stoked the flame or two, but we haven't ever started the fight. Like we didn't start the fire, <laughs> but but it wasn't always burning. Like it- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, if if you want to go through it, head over there, check that out. Obviously, we're gonna have a lot more leading up to the game Friday, but I mean, you know, this is gonna be the the eternal optimist in me. All of this craziness for SMU, all of this doubt, and uh, SMU's got to be scared that we already beat them once. They've got really good that's, players, though. I mean, that's not how college we had, athletic works. We did have a whole different team at that point. Yeah, SMU has not played In since February eighth. We went through a lull. Thirty-two days, a week shorter than their lull. I mean, seven full days shorter. I'm not discrediting it. Don't get me wrong, but we also had a lull ourselves. Right. Yes, we did. This is crazy. And it'll be interesting to see what happens Friday. You know, I mean, this is a team that has already had turmoil in the past. You know, certain players leaving the program, coming back. Sounds familiar. Sure. But still, this is one that you hop on the board and it, it just it's not only just fans speculating and going crazy it is people in the know so that's all conspiracy that is what it is we're gonna have a full breakdown of smu what to expect hopefully for a bearcat win and if that does happen you face wichita state team more than likely which i mean i hear that but i don't know (laughs) they are a a Somewhat veteran-laden team. Their their coach has gotten a, an extension. I don't know. I am going to be the optimist and take a step back and just say, whatever happens, happens. 
hope for the best. But how fun would it be to see to go into a Sunday and it's a win in your end situation and the other team is not Houston? I mean, that would be I don't think you could really shape together anything better than that situation. If this team ends up in the final one way or the other, if they win or lose, but if they end up in the final, I think that all of the John Brandon naysayers will be eating a lot of crow at that point. No chance. <laughs> Water is no finding its level crow? from long range. I'm sorry, what? Water is finding its level from, from long range. The team is shooting better. You know, and and still, we talk about the tough game against Houston, and we talk about this loss to Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is a bad team. They are ranked about the same on Ken Palm, similar numbers. Vanderbilt got hot, and they they definitely beat us up pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Not going to discount that. Oh, I don't Other think that. I don't think we make it to the final. Don't get me wrong. Right. No. But uh, my entire I, point is, if we make it to the final, right. How do you how do you discredit John Brandon as a coach at that point? Well, I'm just saying this team has played solid against the AAC this year. You know, I, people people are still hung up on that Houston loss. Yes, that that was one very bad loss. Mm-hmm. But still, the AAC is is not. It's Houston and a bunch of other people. By the way, I feel bad for I don't feel bad for Memphis because it's Memphis. But <laughs> man, that that, 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 buzzer beater, that, that was ooh. That is like uh, something that would happen to the Bearcats if I'm yeah. being completely honest with you. I don't know but, why I tortured myself. I went back and watched the UConn four overtime loss. Don't do that. I, why would you? What is wrong with you? I, I don't know. Were you? You were having sad boy hours, weren't you? I was. Well, I was having a conversation about heartbreaking buzzer beaters, and then got to looking up some YouTube videos. And yeah. Well, today is like the what the in March. 15 year anniversary of uh, Jerry Mack. And so that that popped up on my Twitter timeline, but it was quickly followed by the uh, Georgetown game was, was a mention of that. The uh, Yancey to cash to Yancey game. So we are, we were sad, you know, it's like Sour Patch Kids at, at first you're sour, then, then you're sweet. So I was, I was happy by the end of the day. Uh, no better way to go into the mailbag, right? Oh, March. Anything, anything more on basketball? I mean, SMU is a, a fire. It is a fire, and if it does go into Friday burning, then it goes into Friday burning, and we'll see what happens the rest of the weekend. But still, any uh, anything else on basketball before we close up the mailbag and, and go from there? Oh, we're going to open up the mailbag, close up basketball, but yes. Oh, I like that. I like that. The corrector. Semantics, you know. But, Aaron. First question, you want to throw the first one out? For this defense, and this comes at you from UC Merck 17. He's always in our mailbag. I like it. Uh, what do you see as the strongest base defense to the weakest? Uh, like a 4 3, the 3 3 5, the 4 2 5, the 3 4. Um, I mean, <laughs> you look at the defense, and I think you could throw anything out there for the most part. I think uh, a 4 4 3 would be the worst. Um, you would. I, I don't think you want to leave those cornerbacks out um, with the safeties either as well. I mean, I think obviously the strongest would probably be the three, three, five with the four, two, five. And I, you know, I mean, I think it was kind of answered in the mailbag thread itself. I, 
the strength is going to be on that defensive line and, of course, in the backfield, especially at the corner position. So whenever you can get those three lockdown corners on the field at the same time, you're going to do very well. Yeah, we're talking Arquan Bush, Sauce Gardner, and Kobe Bryant. So, Well, I would imagine that you have the, co- the question coming from the fact that Trestle's excelled with the 3-4. No, four three. Four three. I'm sorry. Four three. Um, so you know, you, you got the three through five that they ran more often than not last year. Um, and then the four two five as well. Um, so of course people are just gonna have questions with a guy coming in with a different system. So you know what Marcus Freeman excelled at before he got to Cincinnati? And for his first two and a half years at Cincinnati? Four three also. Four three base. Mm-hmm. So what happened? It didn't, is- it didn't change. It didn't Big change. Ten- it didn't change until the UCF game here in 2019. Yep. That's when their base changed. Nip and 2017, night. 2018, half of 2019, Marcus Freeman was a 4-3 base guy. If Mike Tressel gets here and realizes he needs to have a different base, we're on a different base. You're yep. not playing. That's, that's the part that drives me nuts about this conversation. Why do you play a 4-3? Because you have the personnel Stop for a 4-3. Because you're a defensive coordinator in the Big Ten. They don't spread you out. They bunch you up. They want to pound you. They want to run over you. Run the you. ball, right. That's why you run a 4-3. You're not playing in the Big Ten here. He's going to run the best defense. That This is what I believe. If I'm proven wrong, I will gladly come back on this podcast and say I was wrong. But you are going to run the defense that gives you the best opportunity to stop your opponent. Not just a 4-3 because you run a 4-3. Of course, if you're playing like an Army or or Navy, you know, then maybe... Then then it calls for something different. Right. But, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Yeah, agreed. Aaron, next question? 4-3... Three three five four two five. Something along those lines as a typical base, depending on the opponent. To answer yeah. the question, uh, the next question by Bearcat Band seventy two. We did ask Brady for the most yeah, part. Kinda, so I'm, we kind of covered that one. I, I was just happy to see Des there, though, because I mean, I think uh, anytime it's just well, people can't read what we're talking about. So I did. If we're going to talk about yeah. it, uh, it was about the uh, the camps for players that are going to uh, some different camps, like the one Des went to with the quarterback camp, but go ahead. Yeah. Just with Jordan Palmer. I mean, any, any time that a player is with Jordan Palmer uh, or, you know, even Carson Palmer, if you will. um, It just seems like it's, it's the, any publicity is good publicity thing where you just get more eyes to you and, and you get more different things here and there. That, that, that help you to get to the next level and succeed at the next level. So it's nothing but a positive. Um, Brady didn't really give us much past that, but I mean, it is good to see I, that picture was awesome to see. And it just makes it ever more real that, that Des is, he is going to be an NFL quarterback. So um, it's cool to see. I did want to point out, I had a little laugh at the, uh, the, person on bcj who pointed out that jordan palmer used to run an app for when to go to the bathroom during movies when you were going to the theaters yeah was is that real it was a real app i don't know if it's still a thing or not but i know at one point it most certainly was a real thing pretty pretty smart app uh 
Again, from UC Merck, uh, what do you consider a successful showing for the men's and women's basketball teams in the conference tournament? Um, women's, I'm, I'm happy that they won. Now, if they win another, that is successful. And uh, men's, I think just a win. Give me, give me one win. One win? I would agree. I as mean, far you... as... Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I would agree. Uh, if you can beat SMU, especially with SMU being a fringe team, um, regardless of the fact that they, they have some serious turmoil going on right now uh, and the fact that, you know, they, they haven't played in 32 days. Uh, we've had uh, plenty of obstacles of our own and, uh, you know, agreed one win would be huge for this program. Uh, I think two wins would be mammoth for this program, but I don't think we expect, I don't know that you can expect one or two wins to be completely honest. You win one, like if you beat SMU, you're facing the number one seed. Yeah. You, you can't go into that game and just say, like, we're better than Wichita right. State. I, I think people get ahead of themselves because they're really happy that Houston's not sitting on that one line, right? So then your brain immediately goes to, well, if we're not playing Houston, we're going to win. Uh, let's not get carried away. Wichita State did win the league. The odds are higher, though. Yes. I did I say otherwise? No, no. It's still I'm not a saying, good it's still not a good I'm just saying that's what I cling on to. I'm clinging on to that. Okay. Uh <laughs> yes, two percent odds are better than one percent odds. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. I learned that in elementary school. So you put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. I know. I it was intended. <laughs> that might have been the right syllable, honestly. But uh yeah, my whole thing is, you know, we have seen in this league, ECU beating Houston, that anything can happen. I'm not saying that it will. I'm just saying that anything can happen. I mean, we beat SMU at SMU. Anything when SMU was is at possible. Yes. Thank you, I KG. Love Kevin, Thank I you. love Kevin Garnett. Thank you, KG. Sorry so, if you're listening on headphones. That was uncalled for. Aaron, so, put that in the timestamp. <laughs> I'm not putting anything like that in the time. I've also decided for the, but for the record that I'm putting the timestamp uh, notes VIP only. So you have to actually pay for your subscription. I to like get it. Timestamp. I like it. If I'm going like to do it. this, if I'm going to do this while not getting paid <laughs> with BCJ, I'm going to make sure that people are paying to get the, uh, the memberships here. So you got what you wanted, but you have to pay for the subscription to get the free, uh, the free podcast timestamps. Are you are you going to account for not having to have a timestamp on that segment we had to take out? Are you just going to guess? Oh no, I I did a, a guess and check. I stopped. I did stop, and then I I added ten second. Uh, everything's on one minute, so if the, if they're within a minute, I think we're okay. Uh, but okay. everything's on pretty much one minute increments. Somebody's going to be like, you told me to go to one fifteen. And it was at one sixteen, Aaron. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I. tell, I'm gonna tell what somebody can do at that point in time. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, so uh, I want to get back to the King Dog's question at the end here because I think that's a fun question that I want to okay. spend some time on. 
I'm okay with that. But uh, Blazing Bearcat asks, uh, thoughts on Dealey and Bradley's recruitment? Haven't heard much about him, but seems like we should be going after him hard since he's from the Dayton area. If not, what other direction do you think we're going for safety? Also want to add, as we're going to talk about recruiting from Arizona Bearcat, it's becoming a routine under the Luke Fickle era that we're getting the young men that the staff wants. Some of these kids in the 21-22 are high on our radar, but still are getting low ratings, with some having offers from top power five schools chad who are you excited to see in spring and higher ground that maybe has a lower rating behind the luke staff list next sauce in your eyes and not to beat a dead horse but great question to ask when briggs went from 96 to 81 uh i have yeah that i mean um yeah i don't what what young guys i mean i think we've covered through if you go back and look at you know the the signing day coverage and all that like what guys but we didn't like I would have been wrong on sauce. I was all right. in on Justin Harris. I was, I, I was excited about sauce as a long-term guy, but he was so skinny. When you got to higher ground, you looked at him and went, man, that kid could be really good, but how long is it going to take him to get his body right, to get on the field? Boy, did I fuck that one up? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't like, to, to go in with like expectations like that. I like to go watch and then start to make comparisons or evaluations based on what I'm seeing. Right. Cause I guess the difference that we have from a lot and, and why my mentality is like this, we get to watch, right? Like if you're dealing with football coaches at a lot of different schools, the reporters get like 10 minutes at the start of practice, which is basically stretching and like one special teams drill. And then they don't get to see any more practice. So they don't know anything other than what they see on the field on game day. We get the benefit of actually being there of actually being able to, to form informed, you know, thoughts on these guys. And I think that's why you come to Bearcat Journal for training camp coverage, right? Because you're getting my like live assessment of what I'm seeing in front of me. And I mean, I, I don't think it's fair as I've done this more and more and more to like pin, okay, you know, I'm really excited for this guy because then that overlooks that guy. And usually it's that guy that you didn't see coming that you get the evaluation on uh, from, you know, a live camp or a live spring ball or, you know, a live higher ground setting. Um, So we'll see over, we're almost there. I think I got a good podcast interview coming for the BCJ pod later this week. Going back to that question about, uh, is it DeLion, DeLion? So you, so you thought it was a good idea to just cut off my tease. I was, I was letting, you gotta let it breathe, Aaron. You gotta let it breathe, baby. That was a that was that was a buzzer, Peter. Man, I was dropping in that we might have a very important podcast guest for the BCJ podcast later this week. Oh, pause, pause. Oh. He works on the seventh floor of the Linder Center. Oh, he has a large he has a large corner office. Oh, and now you-, you let the dramatic effect go in. And bang, three is good. 
Welcome to the podcast, special guest. It's going to be a good one. I'm excited to hear. If, if you guys call me dad, I call this guy dad. Uncle, maybe. Uncle Luke, maybe. Yeah, right. But some... The, That's the, in the works. That's in the that works. Breathe. Let that one breathe. It, but, was so, it was so hard not to quote so many Uncle Luke songs just now. I know. That's why I tried <laughs> to stay with dad, but Brett took us in a different direction. <laughs> But um, welcome. No, never mind. <laughs> Uncle Uncle Luke. But too much. Like Chad saying, the next sauce. I, you know, we kind of saw it, what last year, Chad, John Williams, and you know, kind of kind of Deshaun Pace a little bit, kind of more. But they were. That's the other problem. Is so many people right now are positionally blocked. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, like like these players are are breaking out, if you will, Deshaun Pace cracks that that two you know the two deep but the thing but is then Ty Van Fossen explodes right exactly it, it, there are just, there's just so much talent on the team it's it's gonna like I'm excited to see how like Dante Corleone comes in and looks in his first couple you know but he's reps. at best a year from seeing the field exactly that's what I'm saying I, even if he's great you look at Justin Watley was fantastic yep. and he only saw the field in blowouts in the fourth quarter that we have coaches telling me straight up Watley's better than almost everybody we've played against this year. Yep. And he can't get on the field. Bananas. Chips that, on I mean, shoulder. Chips look, on look shoulder. At, look at Corleone. Corleone this year to get on the field would have to pass Jawan Briggs, Curtis Brooks, Marcus Brown, and Jabari Taylor. No, I, I'm not saying he's going to. No, no, no. But I'm that's I, I'm saying that like that. To say that that kid's going to be the next sauce, maybe in two, three years he's going to be. Right. But he's he's fifth at best. I the, and that, we didn't even include Eric Phillips. Correct answer whenever who is the next sauce is going to be Mason Fletcher until – Right. <laughs> until I cannot further say notice. Everyone. So right. it's – yeah. I mean – what? Where does anybody – where does anybody – like? I mean, the only really logical um, – spot right now that seems like there's not an answer for backup safety is going to be there's going to be a lot of heat there and then well no i'm talking defense specifically right now yeah and whoever is the next in line behind my which goes back to the delian uh bradley recruitment and safety questions there Safety will take care of itself sooner than later. Fair enough. That is uh, my that is my sincere answer. So the next question, um, Scott, Michigan, two thousand three. I think we pretty much covered intensive training with uh, Coach Brady. Yep. So uh, if you're looking for uh, dudes sticking out, go look for his dudes of the week on his uh, on his Twitter feed. Uh, DC Monk fifty five. Uh, was there any other players like Kemba that almost signed for UC, but at the last second got an offer and accepted somewhere else? And have we done the same thing to other schools? Dad, it's story time. Chad, can I have guesses? I mean, there's only there's one answer that that is right. Trey Go Burke fishing the yep. beat. Burke is the Burke is the answer. Trey Burke was yeah. coming. Yeah. Trey Burke Marquise was coming. Teague? Teague was never coming. What about if the beat? you the beat, um, 
the beat was never coming. Uh, they did a great job with the beat. Then the beat came for his uh, official visit. This was as Mick was assembling the uh, ragtag group of junior college players. Yeah. The beat loved everything about his visit. Got about a day and a half into his visit and said to the staff, when do I get to meet my teammates? <laughs> and uh, he didn't have any. Uh, they were like, have you met Sed McGowan? And that's Ron Allen. And that, that was, that was about the extent and of that it. That is Brandon Miller. Yeah, that was, uh, that was kind of the end of the, the beat uh, conversation. Teague, they th- Oh boy. <laughs> That's a different story. We, we don't have enough story time for that one. And right. speaking on that one, if it ever like got back to some people, I'd like I could end up in a ditch somewhere. Um, <laughs> he knows where the bodies are buried. That one. Uh, let's just say when Shane moved to Bowling Green, that was the end of UC and Shane Bahannon. <laughs> okay, but but uh, about, did we ever do it to somebody? I mean, you beat out somebody for everybody you get. I, I don't know that there's one that jo- – well, I mean, the problem being, I guess St. John's with SK, but SK yeah. decommitted from St. John's. Like, he was committed there and backed off of it. Um, you only really get to do that to somebody if the kid ends up being Good. Kemba Walker and Trey Burke. Like, yeah. you know, like, that that right. changes well, the well, dynamic of things, right? Like. You know, Lance Trey Burke. Was, <laughs> I mean, but Maryland, you have, they have to still want him for it to matter. Right. So, eh, um, I can't really think of anybody that jumps out at me that, like, you know, somebody really lost their shit over the kid at the last minute changing his mind. Well, uh, like, like UC did with, and it was, it was two similar situations. You know, uh, UConn thought they had Brandon Jennings. When Brandon Jennings decided to to pull a uh, not a fast one, but decided to you know go a different direction and commit to Arizona, uh, that that forced UConn to to go back to the well because they thought they had Brandon Jennings, and Kimball was the guy, and Kimball always wanted to go to UConn, so that quickly changed things with Trey Burke. Trey Burke, Trey Burke was spite, right? Trey Burke wanted to, Trey Burke was from Columbus. Trey Burke wanted to go to Ohio State. He was committed to Penn State, but that was kind of, kind of a disaster at that point in time. So he backed off his commitment to to Penn State and he was coming to Cincinnati. And Michigan had a point guard declare for the draft that they did not expect to declare for the draft. And they came circled back around to Trey Burke, who had a great spring that year. And Trey Burke was days from committing to Cincinnati. I mean, days from committing to Cincinnati. And he decided he wanted to, to stick it to Ohio State every chance he got and make his commitment to uh, to Michigan. So those are the two over the, the, you know, I can't, I didn't really cover the Huggins years. I'm sure there are. Plenty of stories from those days. Uh, I'd love to talk to Damar and see, like, what Damar – because Damar was 
top five recruit in this, like in the country. Like mm-hmm. Demar was the next big thing nationally in in the the 1980 98 99 off as a 6-9 guard that could handle it and shoot it and uh there just weren't many of those back then they're all over the place now there weren't many of those back then yeah you're you're talking Darius Morris right yeah from Michigan yeah i i remember those were were always you know that was back before Obviously, I, I thought about covering the team, but it was always crazy to see just so close on some of these big names, you know. And, and of course, we, we we touched on John Reek and, and all the fun other ones. But well, John Reek signed. Yeah, exactly. But he blew out his knee. That's what people don't know. He, he shredded his knee and his people tried to hide it. And then he went on one of the craziest Texas A&M teams or, or was it Mississippi State? With, Mississippi with, State. With Renardo Sidney. And, yeah. But he and, couldn't uh, walk. Jarvis Barnado, right? Just he a bunch walk. of just long dudes. Huge dudes. But John Reed couldn't move. I mean, when you're seven foot three and you destroy your knee, you're in big trouble. <laughs> I shook his hand once. His fingers went all the way up my arm. We talked about yeah. that last week. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, Trey and Kemba, those are those are the two where you know, think about the early stages of mixed rebuild. If he's got Kimba Walker, how different that Man. whole thing is. Well, that four overtime victory never happens. No, Kimba didn't play in that. Wasn't he in? Wasn't he part of that? No. No, he was Kim- part of the. He was part of the run where they just went off in the uh, AAC tournament yeah. and then just carried it all the way through the. Yeah, they run. they beat UC in the NCAA tournament in a game where Kimba got all of the calls. Remember Justin Jackson clean chase down block from behind and they called it a technical they ruined the Rashad Bishop game yep so as uh, we talk about blasts from the past Killer V asks can Mason Madsen become Jimmer Fredette or Jason Capono or Steve Alford no <laughs> no so, so I'm looking at this I laugh can we just let him be good like let him be a guy yes. that can stretch better than four fifty one. But then he's, I look back. He's, he's done. He's done that. I think that's a check. Better than four fifty one. Yep. How about Jason Capono? His freshman year. This is insane. Started every game. Played thirty two minutes. And went forty seven point four percent from long range. Eighty two of one seventy three. He took 173 threes <laughs> as a freshman. Capone got that up was shots, cool. boy. <laughs> I thought Capone that was cool. got up shots. I mean. Yeah. But, but and then, of course, that Capone was a part of that team that we aren't going to talk about it. That was a pretty good UCLA team that he was on with Gazirik and Farmar and Ariza. And they, they played a pretty good Bearcat team, but we're not going to talk about it. Last question here is for you from the mailbag, Chad. Uh, from King Dog two hundred two, is Brent as wholesome as he appears? Is Brent as optimistic as he appears? Yes, I would agree. At times, annoyingly so, but I still love him. It's almost <laughs> gross. It's almost gross. Like I like to be right on the line, right? Yes. And Brent is a line, a habitual optimism line stepper. 
Well, and I got called out on Twitter this week for calling Dave a pessimist. So I told him I thought I was a happy medium between <laughs> between him and, and Brent. <laughs> wholesome no. Just, no. Just, just don't. Yeah, wholesome no. Wholesome I'm going to. Wholesome I'm going thumbs down. <laughs> optimistic. Yes, he is absolutely every bit as optimistic uh, as he as he comes across on the Internet. Although there was some there was some doubt in his in his eyes walking back to the car after the Vanderbilt game. Yeah, I was I was frustrated. Just because <laughs> it was one of those situations where I, you know, it, I knew I wasn't going to see him in person anymore that year. I knew that was kind of the end of the road unless they pull off a, a miracle and I get to have them come to my hometown here in Indy. But uh, yeah, that was kind of uh, that that walk Although back was a little we've frustrating. Come <laughs> yeah. To yeah. the end of the road. <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, if you see me out, come up and talk to me. We'll have a good time. That's about it. He's probably gonna have a glass of vino. A little vino. Little vino. But when I'm out, it's not vino. That's that's for dog on sure. Well, whatever. He's gonna have a drink. He's not he's not wholesome <laughs> by any stretch. I don't know. But that he I've, is optimistic. I don't know that I've heard him swear yet though, and I think that bothers me a little bit. Man, I I curse like a damn bandit, but uh <laughs> you know, sometimes hey what what he's trying to do is he's trying to use these podcasts like for uh, a long term greater good. <laughs> so he's trying to like keep it clean. Like what where kind of I just, I, you know, I'm already at where I want to be. So I just let it fly. He's like, look how much better I am than these two yahoos. No, <laughs> no way. No I mean, way. The flow is good. And we kept this one under two hours. So, hey, I think everyone's going to be pretty happy. Well, um, we're at we're at about one thirty. So yep. um, did you want to touch on any of the uh, the recruits commitments this week? I mean, there's just one doggett, which big get for the defensive line. Greg Scruggs continues to be a monster on the recruiting trail. Uh, for anyone, for anyone that had any doubt about Greg Scruggs becoming the defensive line coach, it's not looking good for you. <laughs> it's not looking good for you. It, it, Scruggs, there's a re look, there's a reason he was excellent at that player development role because he relates to guys. He connects with guys. He is able to think on their level. He was at that, that place mentally not long ago and got a couple rings with two of the greatest teams of all time with Seattle and with the Patriots. Like the guy knows what he's doing. He knows how to get you where you want to be and CJ Doggett is another uh another in that line of uh you know yeah he tipped the, the, he tipped his cap to Scruggs I mean in his interview he literally yeah. said I mean Scruggs was a big reason he said no matter who the defensive coordinator was it was Scruggs who I talked to pretty much the whole time on top of whatever defensive coordinator was there uh, when it was Freeman and then when uh uh, when Trestle took over, and then also how much involvement he had with Fickle. So maybe, 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 maybe. I said maybe. I'm singing now. Um, gonna be the, the one, one that, that saves that. me. 
maybe I, maybe I'll put in a crystal ball in the next twelve to twenty four hours. I don't do a lot of them. Is this the one that is this the one that Doggett was talking about where he wasn't coming alone? I might have one cooking. I cannot I, wait I for my not, next milk. I couldn't mm-hmm. not ask about that tweet. You know, I mean, he he put it out yeah. there, and whew, that was that one that one was a tease. He's, he's he's about as subtle as a heart attack. <laughs> so so is our boy Derek Shepard, though. Yeah, I mean, but hey, I did tell you guys last week on this podcast that you might have your pick. Yes, you did of recruits. But how about D Shep? Derek Shepard. I love that. <laughs> I mean, if if the big fellow wants to start wants to start tweeting out gifts and, and getting an hour do it. and getting an hour jump on the staff and being the, the leader of this class. You let the big fellow be a leader of this class, right? Yeah. And, and of course, got to point out, Alan True said it looks like after watching more tape, might have to revisit the uh, rating for Doggett. So we'll hope that that is, uh, comes to fruition. But, hey. I mean, she's also been watching a lot of other tape of hey, hey. a certain place. Maybe we'll, re- we'll revisit next Monday. Where, do, where does that put us in the, uh, the rankings? 14th okay because i don't think i'd seen that anywhere yet so yeah nice 14th yeah, dave, dave tweeted it did he yeah did, did he block you i don't know we might be uh <laughs> we, we might be arch enemies now Damn aaron it. smith is blocked by not only dave but also the bcj, BCJ. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious well anything more guys um, I, I'll add since everybody loves the recruiting information and you waited for an hour and a half, uh, the, the junior day, they had a virtual junior day on Saturday. It was attended by all of the commits. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ethan green was only there for about half the day because he had a wrestling tournament. Uh, so he was there for the first part okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, there were a couple other guys. Josh Caddis was there. A young man named Tyler Gillison was there. Carter Smith was there. Jonathan Thompson was there. And Sincere Lewis, a defensive back from Michigan, was there. There is another one coming up on uh, March 27th, which is two and a half weeks, uh, you know, two, three Saturdays from now. And that one is expected to be the the priority commits version of Junior Day with like Alex Afari and you know that that crew, Gavin Winsat. Uh, keep an eye on Desmond Ritter's Twitter tomorrow as we talk. As we talk to Brady, kind of hinted at Brady about on yep. there, there's some billboards going up across the state of Kentucky tomorrow. Louisville, Lexington, Bowling Green, Owensboro. It's it. I did we'll talk wanna, about that tomorrow. Did want to also bring up before we close out here. Um, it looks like Ethan Tucky's taken like that psychology thing to a different level as he opened up uh, the Ethan Tucky management team, uh, where their mission is to inspire, encourage, and support anyone and everyone through individual transparency. Um, so I don't know exactly what that's all about, but maybe worth a follow. Is that your new nine to five? You just haven't told us about. Nope. I wish it was. That would be awesome. Okay. Sounds good. 
Uh, but no, he's he's doing some different things. It's, it's cool to see somebody doing this. Yes, without question. Big Ethan Tucky guy right here. Yes, the uh, Dikembe Mutombo of the Bearcats special teams. I think he linked all up right. with some uh, some guys from BC and all that. But <laughs> okay. like All right, that. Brent, you want to get us out of here? I would love to. I would love to. Well, yet again, guys, this is another beautiful episode, another beautiful pie. A special thank you to Brady Collins, our man. Special thank you to Chad Brendel, our dad, my sidekick, good friend Aaron Smith. I am Brent Young. Yet again, this is the BBP on BearcatJournal.com.